Morning, everyone. You can tell you're raving really awake this morning. So <laughs> Roger said, yeah, come on. That was the only response I got there. <laughs> um, it's really good to be here. I'm going to start with a terrible joke because this joke has been in my mind for several weeks and um, it's just fun to, ch to share terrible jokes that we've heard. And the joke goes like this. It's nothing to do with the talk, by the way. It's literally just a, a Christian joke that made me giggle more than it should have done, which was, why is Jesus not allowed in jewellery shops? Because he breaks every chain, breaks every chain, breaks every chain. Q lovely groan, lovely to have you. Anyway, now that I've shared that terrible joke, I'll do some teaching. So today I'm going to be speaking on Sabbath as part of our Rule of Life series. And I'm going to start with a caveat of a few things. Firstly, um, I am unusually anxious for a subject which is about rest, which is strange because normally I'm pretty, pretty comfortable being on the stage talking about stuff. But I feel a real kind of anxiety this morning about this, which I'm sure will pass. But I'm just going to be real and put that out there. So that's my first thing. The next thing is I'm also really excited about this topic because um, some of you will know that I'm doing a master's, I'm in the middle of my dissertation, and my dissertation is looking at the book of Genesis, the very beginning, and how it was a radical story, and one of the radical elements I'm talking about is Sabbath. So that's really exciting for me. So maybe my anxiety is actually, in a sense, this is, feels like a, pre like a prep for my formal essay that I have to write, and if I get it wrong, that's not great. Um, but the other thing I wanted to highlight before I even get into this is that um, Sabbath and the rule of life in this whole series is about us gaining principles and things that we can use in our life to grow closer to God. And we've talked a lot about the love of God this morning. And these are ways that we can love God and God loves us through them. They're not legalistic things for us to dwell on and to be caught up in. So if at the end of my talk you go away feeling this immense pressure to have to do Sabbath, that was not the purpose of the talk. <laughs> the purpose was to give you a framework and an understanding of why we Sabbath. Why, even in our context today, the idea of Sabbath is a good thing for us as Christians and a healthy thing for us to be doing. I'm not going to get into necessarily the why of how you should do Sabbath yourself. You will figure out your own rhythms, you'll figure out your own things. There's plenty of really good books on it. John Mark Comer's got a great book called The Ruthless Elimination of Harry. If you read it, I suggest you read it at a normal pace. If you're an audible person, maybe slow down to normal reading, not double speed. So Ruth Haley Barton also has some great stuff on this topic that's really worth looking into. This morning, we're going to do things slightly differently as well. So as I talk, I'm going to pause three times in total, probably more than that, but three times to ask you a question. And I want you to respond, but I don't want you to, we're not going to talk to each other in this. I want you to respond by physically writing something down. And the reason is because sometimes when we preach in churches, when we teach, we can do a really nice message and you can feel really passionately moved by it and stirred by it. But sometimes once we leave the building and once we go for coffee or once we're in the car park and someone's cut us up, that nice feeling, that nice thought goes away and those things that we were learning about transforming our lives go out the window. So I'm going to ask us three questions that we go through and I want you to respond. But here's the caveat. I know for most of us, the way we will write things down is going to be on our phones. That's our default. That's going to be the place we're going to write them down. 
And I'm fine with that. I'm not going to tell you off because I'm that kind of person. But here's what I would like to ask you to do. If you have your phone on you and you are going to be use it, could you put it to airplane mode? Not to silent, because we all put our phones on silent. I don't think I've heard my ringtone tone since 2008. Okay? Can we put it to airplane mode? Because actually, we're here to be present. We're here to be present to, to, how I'm, to what I'm saying, to what we feel God is saying to us. And we want to respond to the questions and not, unfortunately, look at our phone to write something down and discover that so-and-so has posted something on Instagram that I really want to see right now. So those are my caveats before I get going. And now I'm going to probably begin. So Sabbath, the idea of rest, is found in the very beginning of the Bible. It's right there in Genesis. God himself, at the very beginning, says this. It says this in Genesis 2. By the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing. So on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. Then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, because on it he rested from all the work of creating that that he had done. Now that word for rest in that there is Shabbat which literally means to cease, to stop. So God stopped. He ceased. He paused. And that's a model for us as humanity of pausing to stop. But further than that, Shabbat is used a lot in the Old Testament around Sabbath, but we also have this word that I'm going to butcher, which is called noach. And that meant to dwell or to settle or rest. And literally further on in Genesis 2, it says the Lord God took the man and settled him, i.e., to dwell, to rest in the Garden of Eden, to cultivate and care for it. So God placed man in this garden to also rest and be modelled. So what can we tell from those statements? Well, very clearly, Sabbath is rest. Which I'm sure you've already figured out that Sabbath is about rest, but its, it's purpose is rest. It is for us as God's people to gain rest to be able to pause, to stop, to take a moment, to breathe, to all these things. That's one of its purposes. But here's a question for you. If God, we sing that song, even when you, I don't see it, you're working. We sing this about God. Yet in Genesis 1, it says God stopped to rest. How does that work? Is God a God who just stops randomly? Does he just go, you know what, today I don't fancy like doing anything on earth. I'm just going to go lie down and have a bath or something. That's not what's going on here. This wasn't about God intentionally resting, but about God modeling something to humanity of rest. There's a context here that you and I, in our times now, do not know. Because we were not from that time, funny enough. It's a bit like if I quote a movie out of context, you might find the quote funny. You might think, oh, that's an interesting statement, but you have no frame of reference for where, where that is or what that's about. But this story, the, the story of creation of Genesis 1, where we see God rest, was a story that was written down in an era where there were many other creation stories. And many of these creation stories um, focus on gods who argued and amongst themselves. They would yell at each other. They would have fights. And their purpose for creating humanity was so that they could lie down and enslave humanity, and humanity would never rest. And yet here in Genesis 1 and 2, you have a God, our God, who says, no, I have created a rhythm of rest for you to do, for you to be as human beings. I am calling you to rest as I rest. This was something that was so culturally different and out there that it would cause mass change amongst his people. 
It imitates the Creator. Our calling of Sabbath to rest is an imitation of our God. We are made in the image of Christ, in the divine image of Christ. In that same sense, we are made to rest. Rest is a particular divine gift, the very mark of divine existence. In imitating the divine creator of this order, the human person practicing this routine of rest fulfills the calling of being made in the image of the divine. That is why we rest, because it mirrors God, is an image of God. And because we need it, we're told Jesus literally says the Sabbath wasn't made for God, it was made for man. We need to rest. We need rhythms in our lives where we can come and stop and be. And rest isn't just about you or I feeling nice and feeling kind of happy and maybe just grabbing a pause moment. But it's about resting in God. We sang that song this morning, all who are weary, all who are weak. And the scriptures literally say, Jesus says, come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. So... Here's my questions, or a couple of questions that I would like you to just take 30 seconds to a minute to think on, and it's this. For you as an individual, what does rest look like? That's my first question. We're going to have this uncomfortable pause for a moment. And additionally, when did you last rest? So Sabbath is about rest. But Sabbath isn't just about rest. Sabbath is also about remembering. I loved this morning that we made space to talk about what God has been doing this week, about the things we are thankful for. Because actually, we are called to remember Part of the danger of when you're always so, so busy is you don't actually remember the thing God, God is doing amongst you or in your life or that you've seen him do in the past. We can get distracted of the things that have gone before because we're so caught up in the immediate and the now. But Sabbath is about remembering. There's a commandment in um, Deuteronomy that says this. It says, observe the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. As the Lord your God has commanded you, six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath day to your God. On it you shall not do any work. 
either of you, nor, nor your sons or daughters, nor your male or female servants, nor your ox, your donkey, or any of your animals, nor any foreigners residing in your town, so that your male and female servants may rest as you do. Remember that you were slaves in Egypt, and that the Lord your God brought you out of there with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. Therefore the Lord your God has commanded you to observe the Sabbath day. For the Israelites, they were called to remember the story that had gone before. They were called to remember that they had been captives in Egypt, they had been stuck there, but God had rescued them from that moment. For us as a people, we are called to remember that which has gone before. We're called to remember Jesus and his death and resurrection on the cross. We're called to remember those things. We're called to remember our own story of the things that God has done in us as a people, as individuals. We're called to remember the miraculous, those amazing moments, to remember that he is a good God who is for us, not against us. We're called to remember that we were liberated by him. And in being liberated by him, we are called to liberate others. We are called to remember that we are made in his image. And the Sabbath is a space where both we rest, but we remember these things. We remember who we are in Christ, how he has made us, what he has designed us for, and what he is calling us into. It's a healthy rhythm that lets us remember our place in the bigger story. And in remembering, we see a sense of actually what is God doing amongst us now. There's a great song called Egypt by a guy called Corey Asbury, who is part of um, the Bethel guys. And he has this lyric that says, You stepped into my Egypt. You led me by the hand. You marched me out of freedom into the promised land. Now I will not forget you, God. I'll sing of all you've done. Death is swallowed up forever by the fury of your love. But I don't know about you, I don't always remember what God has done. When I'm struggling, what tends to happen when I'm struggling is I get busier. I fill my life with more stuff, more things to do. My way of dealing with situations isn't to rest properly, but probably to binge some terrible show or spend way too long on Instagram, rather than actually seeking godly rest and remembering the goodness of God. I get caught in my own stuff and in my individual things and just thinking, I just need to satisfy myself right now rather than recognizing that true rest is found in him. It's found in Jesus. It's found by coming to the sacred place of sitting and standing before him. It's found by looking back on the stories that have gone before in my own life, where I've seen God break through, where I've seen God wow. You know, things like even moving here was a wow moment for us. We never expected to come back to Chichester. We'd been here many, many years ago, but God opened the door, and it was a very sudden thing, but it was clearly God. And I have story after story, as I'm sure you do, that when I look back over my life, I can see that God has broken through again and again and again. It doesn't mean there hasn't been hardship. It doesn't mean there hasn't been bad stuff. It doesn't mean there hasn't been hurt and pain and all of that. But the one thing I do know is God is a good God. And my story says so. Your story says so. Our story as a people in this building says so. Our story as the people of God throughout the world says that God is a good God. How often do we forget that? And funnily enough, we're not alone in forgetting. The Israelites literally leave Egypt, right? And within 30 seconds, they're saying, God, can't we go back there? It was better there. It really wasn't better in Egypt. But they just forgot instantly. 
they weren't remembering. They weren't remembering the favor of God, the goodness of God, how he has rescued them from that place, even with the instruction to remember you were slaves back there, how quickly they forget, they forgot. So we're going to pause for a second. And here's the question. What is God wanting you to remember? What does God want to remind you of right now? You might want to close your eyes for a moment and just think on that one. What is he calling you to remember? And then the other thing I want you to think about really quickly, because these stories of remembering God isn't just about remembering for your sake. Sabbath isn't just about you, but it's about us as a people. And our stories encourage each other. The stories of what God's done lift us up and remind us that God is a good and faithful God. Your children need to hear your stories of what God has done in your life. They need to know the legacy that they are inheriting or how God has walked all the way through. It's not down to the people in this building who, who lead the kids' work. They don't know your story. Only you know your story. Only you can share that. And when we share those stories, it removes God from being a distant thing over here to being a close, personal, intimate friend. We need to be sharing our stories. So what story is of God's goodness could you be sharing? I'll leave you to think on that one. Finally, and I feel like I'm speeding through, but there you go. Sabbath is rest, or even restoration. It restores our souls when we seek after God. It is remembering. It's remembering all the things that God is doing amongst us, has done amongst us, and will continue to do because God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. But it is also resistance. Sabbath is resistance. And you might be thinking, how can a day of stopping and resting be resisting? But I don't know if you've noticed, we live in an era of consumer culture, of now, of constant we have a thousand and one notifications. Many of us can't even watch TV without also looking at Instagram at the same time or fiddling with something else. We, our attention is drawn to a thousand and one places. We have the news constantly bombarding us. We have different things constantly drawing our attention. 
more and more. We've been told that things like sales, where we have to like go and buy something instantly. If you don't buy it right now, you'll never get this amazing thing, even though it's only £2 off its full £10 price. All this kind of stuff we are constantly drawn into again and again and again. The culture says more, 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 more. And Sabbath as resistance is a way of saying enough. I am stopping. I am stopping. We as a people of God will not fall into a culture that is caught up in restlessness and market ideology because that is not the goal of our life. Stuff is not what we are called to. We're not called to build empires of lots and lots of stuff. We're called to build the kingdom of God. It is a resistance that stands against that very culture. By choosing to say, on this day, we will rest, or in this moment, we will stop. We are saying, no, I'm not going to have a thousand and one barrages of notifications on my phone. No, I'm not going to get caught into this thing. I am going to make space to stop, to rest, to remember. I am going to resist what culture tells me, that I'm in a race that is constant and it goes on and on and on and on. And I am going to do something different. Do you know, Sabbath is one of the Ten Commandments, and it's probably the only one of the Ten Commandments that we can have a weird pride about breaking. Oh, I'm just so busy all the time. That is not a healthy thing for us as a people of God, that we go, that's okay. (laughs) It's not healthy, and it's not the model God puts down. The model of Sabbath, the model God puts down in Genesis 1, is that God works, and then he rests. He stops, he ceases. And it is this beautiful thing of resistance, but it it stands for those who, for everyone as well. The Sabbath is for everyone. In Exodus, it says this, as well in Deuteronomy, as we heard earlier, it says, Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall do not any work, neither of you, nor your son or your daughter, nor your male or female servants, that would have been slaves in some translations, nor your animals, nor any foreigner residing in your town. For six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the seas and all that is, and then he rested on the seventh. Therefore, the Lord blesses the Sabbath day and made it holy. Within the, the tradition of the Hebrews, the Israelites back then, within the culture of the time, slaves didn't get a break. Your servants didn't get a break. Animals didn't get a break. Yet here is a culture of God creating a culture that says, no, I do things differently from the world. The kingdom of God is different. It is unique. And I, will provide, I command rest for everyone. Because that is justice. All deserve that rest. And in Jewish culture, it went even further. That every seven years, they would have a year of Sabbath. That didn't mean they didn't eat for the whole year. That would be crazy, or they didn't cook or anything. But what they did was they actually left the land alone. They left the land to regrow, to be rested, to be. And then it says this. It says, you may, it says this. You may plant your land for six years and gather its crops. But during the seventh year, you must leave it alone and withdraw from it. The needy among you will then be able to eat just as you do, and whatever is left over can be eaten by the wild animals. This also applies to your vineyards and your olive groves. I.e., here is provision for everyone. Don't be greedy. Don't be so obsessed with yourself. Provide for those in need. Sabbath stands up for the oppressed. It stands up for those in need. It releases the captives. 
And to make it even better, every seven, every, <laughs> I'm going to get this slightly wrong. The Sabbath is on the seventh years. Every seven Sabbath years, you had a year of Jubilee. And the year of Jubilee was a year where you got rid of all of your debts. All debts were wiped clean. So here you have this model starting in Genesis 1 that carries into the law of the Old Testament that basically says, we are not going to hold debt over people. We're not going to hold you oppressed and held. We are going to release you. If you're a slave, you go free on this date. That was the model in the Old Testament. It was radical to its time. It was incredible. It was transformative. And it was radical to its culture. We can feel like Sabbath is just something we're trying to force on ourselves, right? Like, oh, how do I make this day work and fit within my week? That, that was just as complex for them because the cultures around them were trading on those days. They were doing things on those days. And people they need to communicate with were doing things. But God says, no, this is the model I give you because I love you. Because I'm for you, because you need it. Just like when a father or a daughter looks at their, their child and goes, that child is tired and needs to go to bed. This is God doing the same thing for humanity, saying, look, you need to stop. You need to be. Walter Brueggemann, who is a, one of my favorite authors, he writes, he's written a book called Sabbath as Resistance. It's about 60 pages long and well worth a read or a listen. And he says this, Sabbath, the Sabbath rest of God is the acknowledgement that God and God's people in the world are not commodities to be dispatched for endless production. Rather, they are subjects situated in, the, in an economy of neighborliness. I.e., let's not be obsessed with the world and its ideologies, but let's be a people who rest, who sit, who stand together remembering our stories, looking after each other's. The Sabbath isn't just about trying to force something on ourselves. Jesus himself says that the Sabbath, he says, is more about mercy than sacrifice. It's about loving each other in a healthy way, standing with each other in a healthy way, opening our homes, resting together. And, and that's all complicated. One of the reasons I said I'm not going to tell you how you actually do Sabbath is because it's going to be unique for every person in this room. It's going to be unique for how you work it out and what that looks like for you and, and how that fits into your life. And maybe it's just trying to find an extra hour here or there or maybe it is actually being far more diligent and saying, no, I'm going to adopt an almost Jewish mindset of I will stop and cease on a Friday night through to a Saturday night. But I think the one thing is clear is that we all need rhythms of Sabbath. Last week, Mark talked on prayer, and he, he mentioned quite clearly, you know, we, we can't operate from an unhealthy place. If you are permanently drained, permanently tired, permanently exhausted and busy, you're no use to anyone in reality. We live in a society where the idol is busyness. The idol is more, more, more. Sabbath resists that and stands against it. And we even see the world trying to make its own versions of Sabbath, don't we? We see plenty of books that come out and talk about, you need to do this, this is how you can do rest, here's your mindfulness, here's this and this. And there's some great tools in that, but they have to be centered around going to Jesus first. Otherwise, it becomes about our own self and just looking after me rather than recognizing our kingdom call as a people to bring God's 
kingdom to earth. Sabbath isn't about surviving, but it's about remembering and stepping into a call that God has put on our lives as the church. So it's stepping into something more. Sabbath is a celebration of life beyond and outside productivity. Sabbath is not simply the pause that refreshes, it is the pause that transforms. I'm going to read that again. Sabbath is the celebration of life beyond and outside productivity. Sabbath is not simply the pause that refreshes, it is the pause that transforms. So here's my final question. What does Sabbath resistance look like for you? And that might be a really big question. And you may not have time to write everything down right now, but let's just take one minute just to write down some of your immediate thoughts on what does Sabbath resistance look like to you? So I'm coming into land now. But we're going to respond. Because I'm aware that as we talk about Sabbath, you may feel mixed emotions. Some of you might feel, but I have so much on how do I make this work. And we don't want you to feel that, but it's still a real feeling, right? Some of you might be thinking, I really need to make some changes, or I need to really repent of actually my idol of busyness. There may be different things. And so this is how I'm going to start our response, and then we'll just see what happens. In Jewish tradition, as part of the Sabbath, they would read psalms out throughout the day. And one of those psalms was Psalm 23. And so what I'm going to ask is I'm going to ask if if the um, band would come up and just start playing behind me. And in the moment, I'm going to ask us all to stand. I'm going to pray, and I'm going to read that psalm. And then we'll just see where it goes for a moment, and I'll hand back to Phil to take us further. Sabbath is about rest, and we all need rest. But it's more than that. It's restoring our souls to see the transformation of Jesus in our lives and others. It's about remembering the beauty of the things that he's done, remembering the goodness of God, and how he's spoken to our lives. And it's about resisting a culture that oppresses and wants us to, to be obsessed with a consumeristic mindset. It's about resisting that and saying Jesus' way, Jesus' kingdom is far better. Can I ask us all to stand? I think it's important that we aren't passive in our response. just invite you to close your eyes where you are and as the band begins I'm going to 
read this psalm and I'll pray and hand over to them. shepherd I lack nothing he makes me lie down in green pastures he leads me beside quiet waters he refreshes my soul he guides me along the right paths for his namesake even though I walk through the darkest valley I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever Lord we want to we want to honour you in our Sabbath we recognise that it is about you and about our relationship to you and about our covenant promise to you and about our love to you and that you long for us to rest to remember and to resist. Minister to us, we pray, God. Would today be more than a passing thought, but lead to action. <laughs> 